FM B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio. That was Miles Calder doing a Bob Dylan cover. Beautiful, wasn't it? And you can see Miles Calder at the Wellington Independent Music Showcase at Bats Theatre. Fantastic. Loved Miles. And I understand we're going to be talking transport, Laurie. Not just transport, Laura. (laughs) What exciting opportunities Wellington has got for transport, and we've got the right gentleman in the room. So Michael Barnett has certainly not let retirement stop him from staying involved in Wellington's transport opportunities after a career as a civil engineer whose expertise in urban transport has had him linked closely to Wellington's transport system, including being the WCC liaison engineer on planning the terrace tunnel to Basin Reserve section in the 90s. And he is now co-founder of the FIT, Fair Intelligent Transport Wellington and a num and a member of Congestion Free Wellington. I've been really interested in Congestion Free Wellington. So tonight, Michael, it's really great to have you on the show. Welcome to B Side Stories on Access Radio. Thank you. I'm pleased. Pleasure to be here. Great. So, Michael, you've you've been a Wellingtonian for a very long time, and and you've had some amazing experiences in our city. But what are your transport memories or or perspectives on Wellington? Yes. Well, I I was born and bred in Wellington. Uh, I grew up in Eastbourne, and during the nineteen fifties, I used to commute from Eastbourne to Wellington College. Really? So that was my wow. initial experience. And that was kind of interesting because um, I'd catch a bus which would leave the terminus in Eastbourne at 8 o'clock and it would arrive at the Wellington Railway Station uh, around 8.30 in the morning, a 30-minute trip, and then another 30 minutes on to Wellington College. And one of the things I observed during that time was that uh, a reclamation of the foreshore, the Kaiwara foreshore mm. was in progress all through those years, and um, to expand uh, the road, road network yes. from Kaiwara into the city. Um, uh, I'm a, I left school. I started to pursue my career. I actually went overseas for many years, um, and I, I came home at, at, to visit my parents in 1989, um, and I had occasion to... Uh, go on the same journey uh, to attend an interview with the Wellington City Council. Um, And to get there on time, I had to catch a bus which left at 7 o'clock in the morning and it arrived at the railway station at uh, 8.30. It was a threefold increase in travel time. I was successful in my interview and I was hired and one of the first, um, uh, one of my prime roles was... um, 
uh, working with the transport agency at the time mm-hmm. on the planning of the, as you've said, the section of road from um, the terrace tunnel to the basin reserve. I remember at the time, after two or three months and I settled into the job, I started asking myself, why are we doing this? Surely there is a better way of dealing with uh, transport issues, not just traffic, but transport issues. So I I took it on upon myself to do a bit of research and reading and research. Um, And uh, the outcome of that was I... um, wrote a report which I, uh, and a paper which I presented to the Institution of Professional Engineers at the 1992 conference. And uh, one of the outcomes, one of the, I came to three basic conclusions, uh, that um, we should adopt a traffic management policy of reducing the number of cars coming into the city, particularly at peak hours. You were you were ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the uh, I think the transport agency thought I was too. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, um, I I also um, uh, concluded that we needed uh, to uh, focus on rail, as what I call the prime pe- people user, mm. and um, extended by bringing a light rail system from the railway station to, to the airport. You really were ahead of your mm. time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And the third conclusion was that we should um, Wellington should focus on a mixed and intensified land use, so more intensified land use in the right. city. Yeah. I, my memory of that uh, when I gave the presentation was the the then head of the transport agency sort of poo pooed what I was saying and no, the answer is more roads, more roads, more roads. Uh, so therefore, well, that was that was my early experiences. Um, Perhaps I should bring it later. Come forward to um, 2014 when the um, Basin Board of Inquiry w- was happening. Right. Yeah. I had followed. Uh, by this time, I was no longer working for the Wellington City Council. In fact, I'd left them uh, in 2000. I was uh, a victim of redundancy, but uh, that's another story. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. I, um, but I felt moved. I'd followed transport issues in the city, and I. I certainly was personally against the proposals to build um, an overpass across the Basin right. Reserve. It wasn't going to work. It ne- would never achieve mm. the um, uh, the time savings that were promised. Mm. So I, I, I set about um, putting my thoughts down on paper and I presented a, uh, a, um, a submission to the Board of Inquiry and I was basically um, uh, saying two things. Um, here in Wellington, congestion is a peak hour problem, uh, primarily a peak hour problem, and um, a really, really insignificant one at that, mm. certainly if you compare it to the situation mm. in Auckland. Mm, absolutely. Um, and I, I was voiced uh, uh, quite severe criticism of the transport agency, and I, I went as far as suggesting that what Wellington, what Wellington perhaps needs is a, a new uh, organisation uh, focused on urban transport. Right. Funding it. Um, yeah. How did that go down? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it went down well with people who supported my point of view, and there were a lot mm. of them there. And, mm. and I mean, the, the Save the Vote Basin people were um, e- extremely pleased to hear my submission. Mm. Mm. Uh, I never actually heard anything from the transport agency on that, but um, it was it was after that that I um, 
uh, I got together with a, a few um, colleagues, people I know who were interested and had, right. have expertise, and we formed this organisation called FIT, for, which we um, was, uh, stands for Fair Intelligent Transport. And our prime focus was to investigate the, the possibility of bringing light rail on board from mm. uh, from the station to um, the airport. And uh, that was over, it's almost three years ago when we, we got together and we've done a lot of work and we have uh, we have the skills and we, we've, we've identified a number of possible route options where right. light rail should go. We were also very critical of the transport spine study um, undertaken by NZTA and the Wanting City Council back in 2013. And they they got it wrong. Well, we consider they got it wrong. And, and what we were more critical about was that the options for light rail that they studied were never going to work. Right. Um, but I don't think they wanted them to work. Right. For, we want to build roads. Mm. We want to build, and we want to build the motorway, expand the motorway right through the city to Cobham Drive. Right. Um, <laughs> and and just just going back to the to the light rail, there are, there have been councillors that have come and gone, including our past mayor that actually came in on the ticket of of looking at light yeah. rail. Yes, they have, but. It's a difficult one for them mm. politically, mm. and I want, if I have one criticism of the regional council and the Wellington City Council, they they are not too prepared to stand up and fight for light rail mm. because the NZTA are not interested, mm. um, and NZTA are a major funder of are the major funder of. Um, Transportation, not only in, in in Wellington, but throughout the country. Right. Yep. And um, I've been I've been saying to uh, I've been saying to several of them um, because uh, our group and more recently the uh, Congestion Free Wellington, which perhaps we'll get onto in a minute, um, have uh, we have had uh, we've made submissions formal submissions right. to council committees we have met with councillors individually in an right. informal situation mm-hmm. and i i've been say, i've been saying we need a we need a champion for light rail um just like Auckland had and Lynn Brown right right um, yeah uh, but no no i was going to say no one is prepared to put his his, his finger up and, right and say i want that but um there is there is one councillor on the regional uh, uh, council, uh, um, Dr. Roger Blakely, yes. who is um, is fighting desperately for it. Right. Um, but he's only he's only one one person, mm. and he's, um, uh, so it's not easy. Mm. It's not mm. easy. Um, and so so I. So this is, I, I knew it would be a tricky <laughs> one to contain this subject. I guess just maybe let's come back to, can we just talk about congestion-free Wellington? Yeah. And I must say I'm really enjoying that hashtag, especially when talking to my fellow friends that run businesses mm. on bikes. It makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. But what is the aim of congestion-free Wellington? Uh, the aim of congestion 
we, the aim of congestion-free Wellington is we would like to see high-capacity, high-frequency, all-electric mass public transport and together with walking and better walking and cycling facilities. Right, yep. Uh, in, um, uh, in fact, in, in many ways, walking is at the top of the tree. Yes, Because yes, we yes. all have to walk somewhere. Yes. From our home to the nearest bus stop, uh, uh, through the city streets, um, and the f- uh, the f- there is a lot of improvement that could be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing we don't want to see the, any expansion of the road space through the city. We want to work. Uh, we, we would like to see the planners work within the existing road mm. road space and. Get cars off them. Not all cars. Some yep. uh, commercial people have, yes, have to use, but people who commute and leave, park their car all day in the city and then commute home, we want to we want to encourage them out of their cars and onto public transport or onto their bike mm. or, or walk. Mm, mm. Um, that's so. That's what we and there is there is a third thing that we are really strong on. Uh, we want we want to. Um, to see the planning authorities seriously address climate issues, mm. um, it mm. is the it is the, it is the number one issue facing the whole nation. And I'll, I'll just um, uh, and transport mm. is one of the biggest polluters in the country. Exactly. exactly. So for the listeners who couldn't see, as soon as climate change was brought up, Laurie lifted her, <laughs> all, lifted all her arms. arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and went, finally, is someone uh-huh. going to, I mean, you know, yeah, put yeah. this as, even in that list of three, yes. it doesn't actually come up enough no. in decision making. Uh, and and, it, and it's, it's wrong that that is not one of the factors in decision making for so many things. It, it is. Mm. And... Um, I'd have to say the current government has just buried its head in the sand, but uh, the um, uh, um, Labour, uh, well, uh, Labour, and we're, we're going into an interesting election, mm. are promising to do something about it, but uh, uh, I, I often feel, sometimes feel that Labour is not bold enough to take mm. the real mm. steps. I mean... Uh, uh, the Greens have a the Greens have a wonderful transport policy mm. for Wellington, but they also have a um, a wonderful, in my view, uh, is the only party that is seriously trying to address climate change issues. Yes, and they they've yep. really put that yeah. at the forefront yeah. of their yeah. their yeah. their policies. I agreed. And interesting for Wellington, we have a low carbon plan that we're working toward. And so I just don't understand how we can be talking about building more roads and and have a low-carbon plan at the same time to reduce emissions. Nor do I. (laughs) And uh, what is worse, some of the decisions that have been made uh, and are in the process of being carried out um, uh, are not dealing with the issue. And I'll, Mm. I'll talk about the, the... Getting rid of the trolley buses, and it's happening already. Mm. I've noticed on I've noticed on the route that I I bus a, I bus a lot into the city that, uh, these days rather than use my car, um, and I come from I usually catch the Miramar bus, which right. is a, a, on a trolley bus route. I've noticed 
that um, more and more diesel buses are now running during the week and not, not the yep. trolley bus because of the conversion that's going on. Mm. I think it's – and it, it's – it from our, from my point of view, from our point of view, it's not it's not too late for the council to change its mind on no. that. And that's – in fact, that's one of the things that uh, we and some groups are actually pushing for. Great. Because um, without getting into that one, because it is yeah. also massive, but I – you know, the media is telling us that it's, it's a dead duck and that the trolley buses are less efficient than the new diesel buses. That's my understanding. Uh, we would dispute that. Yep. We would dispute that. We disagree. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, all, that's all I need. That's all we need to know. Mm. What can so so with congestion-free Wellington? That's that's moved away. This is this has come out of um, let's get Wellington moving. Well, it uh, yes, it has. Uh, I um, with Carefree Wellington is actually a, a loose coalition of the various transport interest groups. Right, yes. Uh, and we have we have a growing individual membership. We've had a couple of public meetings, well yes. attended. Um, we actually support the Let's Get Wellington Moving process. So right, They, they have some principles yes. which really spit it out, and, and they've, they have had surveys which clearly indicate that um, from thousands of people who uh, took part in their consultation last year, um, so they don't want more roads. They want better public transport. They want better walking and um, uh, uh, and uh, and fewer diesel, less mm, mm, uh, cleaner, mm. cleaner air. So and this is what the yes, people that yeah. participated in yes, the survey yeah, are asking yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was after the. Uh, uh, February workshops, which they held, which involved selected people, um, we got together. I got together. We were concerned that the politics that they weren't really addressing the problem. Um, I got together with uh, um, Tim Jones, who's yes. convener of Save the Basin. We, we sat down. And I said, to "Tim, look, we both we we both don't seem to." Uh, feel that the politics mm. is not right. So uh, uh, it was from that meeting that we we called on the other groups. Mm. Uh, I won't, I, I can't name them all, but there's about 10 of them. Um, I see and, Gen Zero is one yes, of them. Gen Zero is one of them. Yep, great. And, uh, Gen Zero is one of them. And I said, let's, um, basically, we're trying to keep uh, the, the process honest. Yeah, good. And um, we, at our last meeting, Barry Main, who's the project director, he he presented, and um, we were very happy with uh, what he was saying. But he also said that at, at the end, it could be a political decision that decides what we what happens. Right. He actually went as far as he said, "We just." But one of the things he said that really stuck in my mind: we can uh, we can not just not put more. We can't just put more people into cars. Uh, because we don't have the road space. I I read that and that really made me wept. And yeah. I didn't tell you, but I was a, a road protester yeah. uh, for the motorway through the basin, and that's what we were saying mm. in the nineties. Yeah. Um, how can people get involved? No, how, no, how, keep going, guys. How, how can people get we, involved to find out more about what action they can take? We have a website which. Um, uh, 
if they if Google care congestion free Wellington, yes. there will be a website up there which tells more about what we're about and stand for and uh, and how to contact us. Great, Michael. Give me one city that you think New Zealand could aspire to for traffic, you know, for leadership, transport leadership. There are many, but the one that I uh, I often talk about is the Portland, Oregon experience. Right, fantastic. And you talked about an ins- someone who inspires you. I was keen to know yeah. um, a woman called Jane Jacobs, who um, uh, a journalist and activist in in New York City. She um, uh, she took on City Hall when they were planning a, uh, a a motorway through a community park in her neighbourhood, and and she won City Hall uh, and she won the battle. It was a bit like David and Goliath, but she won it. And sometimes we feel a bit in a safe situation, but we are not going to let um, some uh, faceless people in Auckland <laughs> dictate what we are having here in Wellington. Michael Barnett, you're my hero. (laughs) Thank you for coming on B-Side Stories. Thank you. Thank you for listening, Wellington. Uh, Find us on Facebook, B-Side Stories, and on SoundCloud. Love your work, Wellie. Grace has got green eyes. I was so surprised to be blinded by And the sort of smile brings the butterflies as I'm lost inside them. I've been lonely, but.